With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk to Recorded live. Okay, today is Tuesday, December 15th at um, 7.29 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we are um, completing our end-of-year report for the um, 2015 year, inaugural year of PTAC. Um, we just covered our successes and accomplishments for 2015, and the four key things that we delivered to the community at large were um, an ACLU workshop um, that we were able to um, schedule with the Texas ACLU. We had a workshop on what a super PAC is and how it works with a nonprofit organization out of California. We then had a workshop with the FEC on how to set up a super PAC and what are the requirements for a super PAC. And we had a workshop with Dr. Joy Lawson and Dr. Donna Ford on gifted parents and the education that they need to advocate for their children. In 2016, um, it's an election year. It's a critical year, so we want to make sure that um, we support our mission, we grow our membership, and we, most importantly, stimulate and um, set up for success our families to advocate in this election year what we need for our family. Um, just as a framework, I'm taking this from the PTAC training guidebook of some of the things that we said were our purpose, the benefits, and how we would measure our effectiveness and our metrics and our goals. And then I'm going to open it up to everyone that's um, participating in our PTAC call on, you know, brainstorming what would you like to see us um, support organizations, partner, um, or initiate or sponsor in 2016. So it's, it's supporting, it's partnering, and it's sponsoring. SPS. Okay, the purpose of the PTAC is to create support and report activity that removes barriers for children of members. Our vision is that our membership success improves the lives of those whose voices aren't heard. The benefit of this for the community and for our families is that we have a personalized advocacy training. Two, we are supportive and we have a diverse network. Three, we focus on children of color's global success. Four, we have respect for family, culture, and community. Five, we provide rapid dissemination of truth by using social media. How would we measure our effectiveness? One, the public policy that gets that is impacted by the members of PTAC. Two, the economic choices that are impacted by the members of PTAC. And three, the technology adoption rate among PTAC members. So we would measure the number of boardroom or corporate correspondences, two, the percent of decline of stock prices, three, the percent of increase of technology adoption by surveys, and four, 
qualitative information that we get reported in on our meetings on the local zip code um, impact. Um, membership goals, we would like to have 100% of our members to be registered voters. We would like to have 100% to be employed, either full-time, part-time, or as business owners. We would like to have at least 90% of the members to be parents. And of the group that are parents, we like to have a large portion have children between 0 to 6, and then others anywhere from 7 years old and older. Um, we feel that that way we could cover some of the problems that are addressing our community if we can reach parents when their children are early, if not yet arrived. And so that being said, um, going into 2016, um, just randomly, any ideas or things that you would like to see PTAC address um, from a support, a partnering, or sponsorship role? And I can roll call um, North Georgia. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, say that again. Um, any ideas of or vision or thoughts that we could set as a goal for 2016 for PTAC to support, partner with, or sponsor? I, right now, I think we're on track. Um, I think we're on track with, with what we said that we would do and what's planned out for the future. My my biggest concern is always is getting people politically motivated and politically involved and registered to vote, and I think we're on a good course to head in that direction to 100%. And I, I'd like to see 100%, and that's what and that's going to be my main focus in 2016. Okay. Louisiana, East Louisiana. Yes. Um, I think I would like to see maybe um, some workshops on, you know, facilitating or advocating for education policy and for increasing wealth, maybe um, how to look at maybe purchasing or buying stuff. Okay. South Texas. Okay, I want to uh, piggyback on the notion of uh, in, um, enfranchising our people to vote. I am a, a registrar with my county, which basically means I can keep cars on me and I can register people on the spot, maybe encouraging PTAC members to find out how they can do that in their respective counties would be a good thing. It's free. Usable County will train you. I'm sure the rules are different, but I imagine there's something similar um, in, in many counties besides mine. So I'm considered a deputy registrar, and there are forms you fill out. There's a couple of advantages. One of them is we can actually submit voter registration cards a day later past the uh, deadline. And trust me, those last-minute people come in, and it's good to be a deputy registrar who can personally deliver those registration cards and have it count. So that's one thing. The second thing that honestly, uh, Joan and everybody, did not occur to me until you posed the question, what would you like to see PTAC supporting, so forth and so on, um, you know that I'm the director of a Rights of Passage program here in Austin, and that program focused on high school students. And um, the program, is a, it goes concurrent with the academic year, and it takes a holistic view 
of the child's development as possible. We start, of course, with our spiritual foundation. We look at what it means to be a Christian, but we also get familiar with other faiths that are represented in our community. We look at hygiene. We look at academic and college preparation. We look at sexual health and responsibility. We look at finance. So every month we have a different focus. Um, and, perhaps, and one of the dreams that I had without even thinking about PTAC was um, I've already developed the material to go and serve as a consultant so that other churches can develop these programs where they are. And it's been a little difficult to, to do that, but maybe what I was thinking, and this is just very dry, very rough right now, particularly because we want to focus on the, on the younger babies, is maybe using that model and serving as a source or a resource for how one might develop such a program their community, where we find, help them find the volunteers, help them know how to, you know, get the support, help them build a calendar, help them build a, an idea of how you do it, build a finance um, a vision, and kind of plant these programs wherever we can. You know, if that means flying us out there, meeting with the volunteers, meeting with the parents, helping them get going offering webinars and conference calls to support them as they implement these programs, I think would be amazing. So I just want you to know that I have a lot of the framework done. It was geared to an older group of kids, but, I mean, it's not that hard to modify it and help it be um, focused on the, the target age that you're looking at. So I just want you to know that I'm willing to work with that. I think it would be awesome if we put our mind behind it. And it also tells me that that's something that you do rather than responding to distractions. How are we proactively molding our children, which is what I try to do. I mean, I find myself distracted a lot, but it's, it's evil. Well, what's the what's the name of for the record so that we have it on the recording? And I'm I'm taking notes. What's the name of the Rites of Passage program? We literally call it ROP, R O P P, for Rites of Passage. But we call it ROP at Metro. The name of my church is much politics. So it's ROP. We just say ROPP, which stands for Rights of Program. Certainly um, the name could be modified. It could be kept. It, it could be a franchise-type concept that goes out. I have a logo that I commissioned. This started five years ago. Um, one of the first things I did was get a logo. I paid a sister in Atlanta to do it. I love it. And um, so that is our – we have an image. We have a brand. We have a logo. We have some corporate partnerships. We took them on a five-state college tour this summer. We're going to Jamaica next year. We've just done so many different things. And it, it, this particular program is geared, like I said, to the older kids, and that's probably because my children were older. Well, that's, that's okay. We there. <laughs> what, um, what I was going to ask you is, do you can you post that in Black Parent Connect? You post what? Just like uh, the skeletal? The right, like, about rock. Like once a week. I have some documents. Yeah, I have some brochures. I have the proposal. I have a brochure where I've actually done two consultations for churches, paid to go and actually help them get it started. So I had to create some material to prepare me for those meetings. So I have a brochure where there are different levels of support. So theoretically, an organization may just want some help generating ideas, blah, blah, blah. We could do a phone consultation. They may want me to come. And just everybody gets a toolkit where I can share with them our reading list, our da da da, or all the way up to flying me in 
meeting with your people, and then certain levels of support thereafter. So there's different levels of support based on their resources and their needs. And so I can put a few of those materials out there for you. All right. Well, that sounds like another workshop. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> uh, New York, we haven't heard from you. What would you like to see in 2016? Uh, 2016, 2016, as we are 16 days away from the beginning of 2016, we are at a crucial, crucial time, not only in our country, but amongst our people and amongst our race. I agree with a lot of what has been said as far as making sure that we are one of the groups at the forefront of making sure not only that people are elected to vote, but we need to make sure that people are aware and are educated on who is trying to become our next president of the United States. Also keep in mind that we've got a Congress whose seats are up next year, and we've also got Senate seats that are up next year. So while we will be focusing a lot of our energy on a presidential election, let's keep in mind that we've got to make sure that House and Senate are taken care of as well. Um, Additionally, me, me being in the education, public administration, and business sector, I would really like to see a lot of focus, how you doing, on Common Core especially as that is starting to take its take its impact in. And if we're going to be talking about working with younger children ages 0 through 6 and then 7 and beyond, Common Core is starting lower and lower and lower where they're starting to see it in kindergarten, first grade, and second grade. So we need to make sure that we are knowledgeable and ahead of the track on that making sure that our children are being properly educated. Okay, excellent. Common Core. Um, Something that just passed last Thursday, President Obama signed the Every Child Succeeds law. Um, Is everybody aware of that on the call? I wasn't. Okay, that supposedly replaces or... um, changes the the No Child Left Behind that Bush had signed into law. And so if you Google it, um, and we can start, you know, flooding it in in Black Parent Connect, um, we should be aware of what those proposed differences or changes are um, to the education arena um, because it seemed like a lot of people didn't really know what was inside of what No Child Left Behind until the schools started losing their funding. But that was all spelled out in 2002. It said that if your school does not have blacks and whites operating at the same quantified test scores, your school will lose your federal funding. And for some reason, everybody just seemed to forget that until 2013 came. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, they're closing schools left and right in these urban areas. Well, yeah, they said they were going to do that in 2002. So we need to definitely get our hands on um, the Every Child Succeeds and see what's inside of there. Um, I printed off the 
uh, family engagement portion, I have not digested it yet, but it's like 60-some pages, I think, out of the 1,000 pages of the um, the law. And um, I, I wanted to devour it before this call, but I didn't get a chance to. But um, there are some – I read somewhere that there is a – less of an emphasis on parent involvement, but I don't know it for a fact yet. But the rationale was that a lot of times the schools did not close the gap between blacks and whites on standardized tests. And so to offset that, they would try to come up with qualitative programs that they did that included parent involvement and that under this new law, I guess that they're going to try to take away some of that qualitative weight and just make it strictly, you know, on the numbers, did you do what you said you were going to do to close the gap between blacks and whites? Okay. Um, California, I know you said that you, um, you're not feeling well, but I wanted to give you an opportunity. I wanted to give you an opportunity um, to share any input whatsoever, anything that's on your mind that uh, you think that PTAC should be thinking about for 2016. I'm with the sister. This is Mason Cooper, uh, California. I'm with the sister from Austin. We're doing a rites of passage here very similarly. We're starting in February. Um, I just mirror those comments. I've been around, you know, education and uh, youth development for about 15 years now, and it's kind of the same story, but we actually need to galvanize and not be distracted and continue our programming and really go after our kids because it just seems to be, an all-out war on them um, between the police and the negative media images. Our kids are lost, and I just do not believe it's anybody else's responsibility to rein our kids in. I believe it's our responsibility, and I don't necessarily think it happens on the school campuses because the structures are very um, restrictive and the administration is very restrictive. So I don't think we want to be inside their house trying to do our programs. We need to move it out to the churches, community centers, and, and just other spaces so that the kids feel safe and we can make pro progress. Um, other than that, I'm just about the mission of black folks. Okay, great. Um, for me, I have about four things that I'd like to see in 2016. Um, one, I'd like to have our bylaws in place just so that we have a solid document that, you know, we share publicly and internally on, you know, what, who, when, where, why. Um, STEM, I would love for us to have um, subcommittees where we have individuals that are passionate about certain areas, keeping us abreast of um, what's going on in different areas, and STEM is one of them, as in, you know, we are PET for technology. Um there's also um, the Every Child Succeeds Act is something that's on my, um, you know, I want to see whoever is elected into office, they have choices, as you all know. They could very well step into the White House and decide that they're going to eliminate that. I don't know what the provisions are in this Every Child Succeeds Act, um, but I know that President Obama he he pledged pretty much when he ran for office that he was going to get rid of No Child Left Behind, and it's taken, you know, seven years in order for him to be able to do that. So whoever's coming in probably might have to live with uh, whatever's in Every Child Succeeds, you know, for a while. Hopefully it's, it works for our benefit. 
the other thing that um, I I would like PTAC to focus on, um, in addition to the elections and educating um, our communities about, you know, the House, the Senate, and the, the presidential and the local, um, I, I, I'm really concerned that most people I know are not aware of the Glass Ceiling Act, and that was the law that Bill Clinton had signed when he first was elected, and the purpose of the Glass Ceiling Act was to eliminate racism from corporate America. And he put metrics in place and he put fines in place that, um, you know, were set up so that corporate America would have to train and prepare black le- blacks in leadership. So the result from that, a lot of the CEOs I saw today that the Sam's Club CEO is a black female, a lot of these people who are CEOs um, that are African-American, the reason why they got to be CEOs in the last 10 years was because of that Glass Ceiling Act, because without the training in um, P&L and risk management and all the other areas that they used to keep black folks out of, they would not have had the ability to make it to those levels. But the first thing George Bush did when he got elected was he erased that law. He basically took that law off the books, and it went vamoosh. I've never heard anybody publicly speak out against that law being removed. And so I'm very concerned because I hear black Republicans saying things like, oh, Donald Trump is about the economy. He's about, you know, um, helping black people pull up by their bootstraps and all this other kind of crazy nonsense. If any of that was true, they would have never gotten rid of the Glass Ceiling Act because it was already in place. So the fact that we have this cultural amnesia where they tell us things that you can easily Google and see for yourself, and then we just get, we're like the Pied Piper. we just like, oh, okay, somebody finally cares about black people prospering economically. Well, duh, that was there. They got rid of the law because they didn't want us because they knew we were prospering economically. <laughs> so I would like for us to... Um, at least be the one group online that's pulling up that information and showing that evidence that we can't keep reinventing the wheel. If you got something that's working, let's make it, let's mass produce it. Let's make it work in California. Let's make it work in Texas. Let's make it work in Louisiana. Let's make it work in um, Georgia, you know, wherever. And so those are my, my, my four hot buttons that I'd like us to have the structure, um, but really – um, it's almost like black to the future. Let's find these things that did work for our community that that's there. We just need to we need to just act on it. We need to say whoever's gonna be in that White House, be it Clinton, Sanders, Trump, whoever you are, are how do you stand on the glass ceiling act? And if they hem and haw like they don't know what it is, that should be a red flag because if Joan Gosey or nobody knows about it, then why would not an elected official in your city, town, state, or White House not know about it? And I printed the document out. So I will I will post it in Black Parent Connect um, when we get off the phone so that everybody else has access to it. But I printed it out because I wanted to make sure before they took it offline <laughs> that I had a hard copy. Okay, any other thoughts? All right, well, we're moving close to our ending time, so I I promised our third part would be to go around 
and um, find out anything that happens locally in your zip code, a forum, a meeting, an election, something that we can learn from. And I'll just start. We elected our, well, not elected because we didn't have a vote, but our school board um, superintendent was selected last week and sworn in. And I am so ecstatic because I had a chance to meet with this woman's father because he came for the installation. And you can always tell a leader, you know, from the fruit, you know, how far the fruit is fallen from the tree. And this woman has a lot of integrity. She was raised with someone who taught integrity. And uh, I could just tell, looking eyeball to eyeball, that this person is going to be about the work. She's not going to be into, oh, black children can't succeed because the case that they're black. You know, even though she's not black, um, I could just tell by the way she was raised that she's one of these, um, I, I say, new generation folks. Uh, the folks oh, that. Oh, we need some of them. Yeah, she's one of them, and she's going to have a hard road with the the old boy network, but. She already knew that because she's got a tattoo up her thigh. I mean, not her thigh, what you call it, her calf area. So I laughed when she walked into school because I said, well, she is bold because she is. She didn't even try to cover it up with pantyhose or anything. She's letting people know I am an individual and I am um, I'm, I'm not your conservative scared to speak up for different people, you know. And, uh, you know, her children are grown, her and her husband, they just have dogs and whatever. So she won't be of the mindset that she's got to – I've heard she's already gotten fired from a job in the past because she stood for integrity. She wasn't saddled by, oh, I've got young children, i got to keep this job, you know, or I'm trying to make a mark for myself because I'm only, you know, so far into this career. She's like, look, I'm here to make a difference. I'm not here just to get a paycheck. And I'm just like ecstatic. Okay, um, California. Anything happened politically, locally? Any well, meetings had, or forums? We, well, we had a few things going on. We had a um, incident where a student um, that was very well equipped, te- technology-wise, went into a, a library computer at Berkeley High School and put a noose and some other things on the computer and said that, like, on December 9th, you know, some black people were going to get um, killed. And so it was a really big episode, and, they, you know, they tried to sweep it under a rug, but the image ended up getting leaked, and then the media got a hold of it, and it kind of blew up, and it went to the school board. And so um, out of that, uh, they realized they didn't have a policy to even deal with anything like that. So... They put a policy in place, and Berkeley has been notorious for being uh, covertly racist in the past. Of course, the disparities between, you know, whites and blacks, suspension-wise and disciplinary actions and such. And so now they're looking at all of those things, and they've actually put them on an action agenda to move them forward. And there is a black superintendent um, in place, and he's not whitewashed. So... He's actually trying to work with the community, although the black folks were giving him a super hard time the other day. But um, <laughs> I think um, they're going to make some headroom, so they're they're working on some policies right now. So that's what's happening in this neck of the woods. Oh, that's that's helpful for all of us to ask that question. What is the policy in your community if somebody was to do something like that? That's a great point. 
uh, New York. Okay. So do you remember in October when I said that there was a major, major hush to do about a new garbage center that was being developed in my community? A garbage center? There was, yes. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay. So, so just to just to get ourselves to speed, in late August, early September, there was discussion about a garbage disposal center, which was basically a new area which was going to collect trash, and it was basically going to be a storing place, which was going to be right off of one of the main roads in Hempstead, which is where I live. Now, the location where they were going to put this place was very close to where several of the schools in the district are located. It is also off of one of the main roads, which means that it's going to be a very heavy traffic area. So the first time they were supposed to have the meeting, it was a situation where the place was completely packed out and the group decided that they could not have the meeting because there were just too many people and everybody had too many questions. It's one of those examples of where the community really showed up and showed out when they needed to because a lot of the local politicians in the community, even those who did not directly have anything to do with the decision of even inviting them to come were informing members of the community. And there had to be over 400 people who were at that meeting. Wow. The meeting got rescheduled for mid-November. I went to that rescheduled meeting, and there were so many people there, my car had to be valeted because they ran out of parking spaces. When I got there, I, I was lucky I was able to find a seat. And there, and I, I will say this. Our people need to be very careful with how they say their words. But, I, but it's amazing that an incident like this is what brought so many people out. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just the older people who were coming out. I saw a lot of young people out there as well who are basically saying, who are basically opposing. Right. That, that's exactly what they said. I mean, I, I, think, I, I think they could have done without the booing and hissing and throwing things at him. Oh, wow. Which at that point, I did have to, I did have to get up and leave after that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's amazing how people will come out for some things and others just ignore it altogether, like it's not even happening. Yeah, but you know what? I have to give credit to, to specifically to the three political leaders, and two of them were from the county I live in, one of them being in the town I live in. I got literature about it. it. It wasn't even the fact that I'm very involved politically in the community. Because even if I wasn't involved politically in the community, I still would have known about it 
because of how much they pumped this thing happening. Mm. That's something we can learn from, too. That's something that we all can learn from, that with PTAC, we need to put together something at, I would say, no later than March, April. We should have some kind of brochure, because Calvin had even mentioned it, that we um, could use something that describes our mission and everything and how important it is for people to get on the ballot. Like, you know, if they can't fix it, if they can't run, vote. If you can't vote, run. There's no else. There's to me. There's no alternative in between. Either you run for office to fix the problem, or you vote for somebody who can fix the problem. But you don't just stay home and think that things are going to get better. Okay. Uh, New South Texas. Um, I wish Nita was here. Um, I can't speak. I know. <laughs> about the um the election but Houston being one of the largest cities in the country and certainly in the state just had a very significant um mayoral election. Lamita Robinson, who's one of the PSAC members, was very active in that campaign and the um get the word out um process for Sylvester Turner. He is a black man, Democrat, who was just elected and at this point, uh Houston is a uh democratic Bastion. It is a democratic city, but in Texas, we celebrate every significant leader we can get, um, but it's not of a very extremely conservative bent. So we are very excited. Uh, there was a very strong, active, vibrant movement, and it was very close. I think he won by, there were like two, let me see, if I can remember the numbers. It was very close. It was 49 to 51%. Uh, no, not either. It was round up to 51, like 50.9% to him and 49-point-some-odd cent to Bill King, who was his Republican challenger. It was a very, very, very close race, and that's why I was telling Nita, every single vote you got made a difference. It was literally a sliver of votes that, that edged him out. So we're excited um, that that's one of the bright spots. Um, I can't think of too much going on here locally. We have a number a number of police police brutality cases that are just disgusting. I mean, we had one situation where a police officer shot a man in the back. He said he was suspecting him of robbing a bank. Um, it, 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 as it started looking really bad for him, they actually were able to charge him. They were actually able to charge him. They only charged him with <clears throat> manslaughter. Do you know right when we thought we were getting somewhere with this case, he had some dude, some friend, somewhere, they went and found some archaic legal loophole that said, okay, bank robbery is federal. So although this is an Austin Police Department police officer, in that moment when he began to pursue him, he became a federal officer because the guy was committing a federal offense and federal officers are immune from charges. And they dropped the charges, and he has gone on with his life. So anyway, they are now. It was just like a really serious blow to the to the collective abdomen in the city. We never heard of anything like that. We didn't think there was any way around him at least having to take the stand and explain. And lo and behold, they found one. And so now we're on to the civil charges. You know, the civil suit, and that's just money, of course, but. 
It's more of the same here in Texas. All right. Well, thank. I wish Lenita was here because she did get very active with that, and I know there's some pearls that she could share with us on his strategy. Because when you look at, she posted his map, and I don't know if you all have seen the map of how he won, but he was able to get a little bit everywhere. You know, it wasn't like this one area that concentrated. It's like he got his yes. outreach all over the area, um, which you know you think a lot of times that. Uh, a person is only going to win like certain precincts, but it looks like he got like a little bit everywhere, all over that area, that voting area. Uh, East Louisiana. Hello. Yes. Um. Yes. Um. In the interest of time, the biggest thing um that we've had so far is that we did get a new um governor elected. Um, who's a Democrat, so we no longer have Jindal, and um. He was kind of um, sad. Uh, Jindal is gone. Bobby is gone. Yeah, he's gone. And As you know, when? That's so um, quiet. As of our last, um, the last election that we just had off in October, um, and in the runoff, um, John Bell Edwards did win. And, you know, Jindal did have his aspiring thing to run for the um, presidential race or whatever, but it didn't pan out. So um, he kind of left the trail with that. And so now with Bell Edwards, um, he has a lot of things he's planning to do. Um, One of the things he started to do already is to um, put together his cabinet, and um, he's opened up a lot of um, other jobs in the way of working for the state. So they're hoping to make the um, transition probably in the next um, few days to a couple of weeks to where he's going to formally be in in, um, January. So that's about the biggest exciting thing so far that's happened here. So we're um, waiting wow. to see where we're going to go from there. So. Oh, that's Praise very exciting. God. Congratulations. That's huge. Yeah, it is. So I think a lot of people are excited. There are a lot of, um, you know, expectations. And, you know, Bell Edwards, you know, he's been um, very vocal. And for the longest, he was the underdog. So I think that's kind of what surprised everybody because we had some very um, – <clears throat> Big people that you know came up, you know, in the um, runoff. Um, if you recall, we had um, I think David Vitter um, and Jay Dard did. A lot of people really expected Dard to kind of you know rise to the top, but he was knocked out um, and he did not end up in the runoff. And it just turned out it was Vitter and Bell Edwards, and Vitter and um, Darden are both um, Republican, and it was a surprising move that Darden did go ahead and throw his support to Bell Edwards, and he was able, you know, through all the mudslinging and things that they do, he was able to be the one to triumph. So, you know, it, you know, it was quite a big thing. So, okay, and last but not least, North Georgia. Um. Well. I'm I'm in the deep south, so <laughs> it's, it's it's not without events. Um, but here, and you know, I've made a transition from the Atlanta area to down further south into the country where I grew up at. So it was one set of things going on in the Atlanta area. It's another set of things going on when I come here. But um, when I came here, uh, there were some issues, of course, going on with the prison, the pipeline, justice system, of course, Um, and some issues that were going on with the mayor and some people being killed and and nobody doing the investigation on these murders as we've been hearing all over the country. 
And also the school that I grew up in, Claflin, uh, has, uh, uh, they were trying to tear it down, sell it for profit, and some people intervened in that situation and stopped them from tearing the school down. And thank God we had deed restrictions on the building anyway that kept them from being able to sell it. So now we're in the process of working on building up Claflin so it can be a community center and a place for to gather together all of these people and bring all these issues to the table and come up with some solutions for what needs to be done about them. And what I've found since I've been here, and I'm sad to report this, uh, our biggest opposition, the biggest thing that we've had to fight with since I've been here are other black people challenging people's credentials to try to stop them from doing what they need to do. Uh, Sadly enough, and I'm going on record saying this, I know this is being recorded and somebody can pick it up and hear it again, but i got to speak the truth. Um, well, we can cut the recording off if you want to share stuff off the record. I know it's fine. <laughs> so need to hear it, and I'm going to tell it to them anyways. Um, when the day comes that a black man runs interference to try to stop people from tearing down a 150-year-old school that came to us through the uh, radical reconstruction, and some people who were concerned about the slaves who were coming off those plantations and didn't even have so much as an education. And you have a black woman who runs interference on the black man who did it and starts questioning his credentials, and we end up with a white president because of her actions. I got a problem with that. Therefore, now people are looking at us going, how the heck did that happen? Um, I hate to say it. I'm sad to say it. But we're still fighting black people who are in denial pretty much about the racism that we're dealing with and who uh, are trying to big time it and showboat it in their own name. So um, with that said, these are the issues that are that are still hanging out here. These are the loose ends that still haven't been tied up. Um, I'm... I don't know what to comment uh, about the fact that the biggest problem that we're having is black folks fighting their own. I don't know what to say about it, you know, (laughs) and I'm hoping and praying that 2016 is going to bring us a better year and some better situations and some kind of way to shake the, the bad fruit out of the tree and get things done the way they need to be done because we're not going to, Stop having these problems if we're in fighting and trying to take each other down to play king of the hill. So um, that's what we're dealing with this year. I'm hoping 2016 is going to bring us some a fresh on this. In the meantime, uh, we have a white president of a project that's going on that really involves mostly black people. Uh <laughs> And I'm personally sick of the dependency, but, you know, we got to do what we got to do to save that school. And the main reason we're trying to save the school is because it's a center point and it's a reference point for all of the people who have just that one thing in common. We all went to school there. Uh, You know, we all went to school there. We all remember our teachers, our classrooms, and all this good old stuff and, and so I have been since in the six months or so since I moved back here uh, yes. actively, actively engaged in the uh, 
uh, with the city council. I went out to meet the mayor the other night and the city manager and all of the people who are working on this project so that I can stick my nose in the middle of it and I guess become what some people are going to refer to eventually as a troublemaker. So if you see my name in the headlines, you know what happened. Um, with that said, I hate that it's not good news, but I hope that the next time we have one of these telephone conferences, I'll be able to bring you something a lot more exciting than what I just said. <laughs> well, well, always, like, you know, keep us abreast. If you need support, right. reach out. That's what we're here for. Oh, we need all the support because we can get right Because all of us have schools that are in jeopardy of closing down or being destroyed. So, um I Our middle that, school and um, where I, the small town I was at, they only had three traffic lights in the whole county and no McDonald's. They just had their 50-year uh, uh, reunion, and it's taken them all these, the first time they've ever had a reunion. Mm-hmm. So someone just sent me the um, souvenir book in the mail the other day, and I was just really tickled because I was, I was you. I was that agitator, so I couldn't get them to do it under, quote-unquote, my leadership or whatever, mm-hmm. so be it. Peace and chicken grease. I'm excited to see the, the the brochure, see that they had a great turnout, and that, you know, they made history. So, right. Right. you know, right. sometimes, you know, you you got to be the troublemaker, but yeah. then, you know, be comfortable with stepping out of the way when they decide to listen. Just yeah. know that they're not going to give you credit for it, and you yeah. just got to be okay with well, that. I wasn't, I wasn't even looking for credit, but I remember what you said, Joan. I said, I was going to step away from it. You know me. I'm the runner, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to step away from it, and all I could hear was Joan screaming, I want you to go back to that meeting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, but I don't want to go back to that meeting. I just, I just really don't want to have anything to do with it. I'm tired. I'm tired. And she said, No, I want you to go back go to that back meeting. To the meeting. And I was like, Okay, I'm going back. I love it. And yeah, but it, 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 think about it. It's and, for the next generation. It's not for us. It's for the next generation. Listen, I understand the battles. And I understand that I got to do what I got to do. So there it is. Well, thank you for that. Well, if there's nothing else in anyone's heart and mind. Uh, the little one here in the background is getting ready to start get churning up a little bit. Um, make sure there's nobody else called in. Okay. Um, anyone willing to give us a closing prayer? California? Okay, well, um, <laughs> um, I just thank God for um, the assembly we have. Um, I really thank God for Joan, um, specifically because I met her some, some years back, and she's just been a great person to be in touch with. And um, she kind of has that history of kinship that black people should have that I was raised with. So Amen. with that said, I'm just, happy that we're able to assemble and I hope God can continue to bless our meetings and, and bless, the, bless the fruit of what we're doing. So I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I will um, type up what we've got these minutes and post them for us. And any thoughts and ideas you all have, feel free, shoot them in Black Parent Connect, inbox, whatever. Feel free to connect with each other. In um, Texas, back each other. sorry, Joan, Texas, can you reach out to Mason Cooper? 
Yes. On the um, if you all go to my uh, wall where I have mm-hmm. the invite, whatever, um, do uh-huh. a shout out to each other about your uh, rights of passage programs. Connect. Okay. Connect. Definitely connect Absolutely. before we get back in January. Oh, last thing. Meetings January, February, March. What day and time works best for everybody? And we'll set those in stone. Oh, this worked beautifully for me on a, on a Tuesday evening. A right, Tuesday yeah. evening? Yes. Yeah. All right, this currently is, what, the third Tuesday in the month? Mm-hmm. Does the third Tuesday of January, February, March work for everybody? Um, Tuesday. No. That's fine with me. Third Tuesday in January. Third Tuesday in January is the 19th, and February is the 16th, and for March is the 15th. So I heard one person say no. Uh, no. Usually, I, I usually have another call scheduled third Tuesday of every month. Um, and if my co-chair is not able to be on the call, usually it it's me. Can we do the second Tuesday? Second Tuesday is my is normally my chapter meeting. Okay, can we I do mean, the don't, fourth don't, Tuesday? Don't. Now we want to since we got three months in advance, we might as well lock yeah, in. I, 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 I know, I I know, and usually fourth, fourth, fourth Tuesdays Tuesday. works for me, except for January. All right. January is the only month that it doesn't. That I mean, personally, it doesn't work for me. All right. Let me yeah, ask one question. So, month. do Mondays work? Um, Mondays are kind of rough. Um, you, you know what? Forget it. I'm, I'm retired. Whatever you guys. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll retire. Monday. I'll come up third, with. I'll put it on my calendar. There's a third so, Monday so work. Do ML, MLK day. Okay. Oh yeah, in January. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be the 18th. So the fourth Monday. That's fine for me. I only thing is I have a conference that entire week, which is oh, why you're so busy. just that last week. <laughs> oh, I, how about, can, can we do second Wednesdays? I mean second. I'm sorry that the the second. Well, yeah, the second. Like that Tuesday. That right? The second Wednesday of every month. All right. Well, I mean, one time we had them on Thursday. So Thursday worked for anybody. That's fine to me too. I mean, there's going to be a time when it may be a bad day, but I just say unless somebody has a rolling commitment on that, let's just. All right, let's say third third Thursday is the 21st of January. Okay. All right. All right, so the third Thursday is the 21st of January. The third Thursday in February is the 18th, and the third Thursday in March is the 17th. Okay. That works. All right, so we'll try Thursdays for January, February, March. Okay. We might as well. We got flexibility. That that works. All right, so January 21st, we said February the 18th, Mm -hmm. and March the 17th. All right, rock and roll. Y'all have an awesome Christmas and holiday and New Year. Okay. Stay safe. Be blessed. I love you all. And I'll see y'all online. Same to you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.